Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by SEO Samba, comprehensive high-performing marketing solutions for mature and emerging franchise brands. To supercharge your franchise marketing, go to seosamba.com. That's S-E-O-S-A-M-B-A dot com. Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio. Stone Peyton Lee Cantor here with you this afternoon. Lee, this is going to be a fantastic segment. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast CEO and co-founder with WingZone, Mr. Matt Friedman. How are you, man? I am wonderful. So is it Lee and Stone or Stone and Lee? Oh, no, it's, I get top billing. He always Stone gets and Lee. top billing. <laughs> I, I founded the business, but he gets top billing. I'm the marketing yeah. guy. What can I say? They're, they're both great radio names. <laughs> Are they? <laughs> well, Matt, before we get too far into things about WingZone, tell us about uh, your business. How are you serving folks? Well, uh, we are a fast, casual uh, restaurant that focuses on some amazing wings in 17 different flavors. We don't call them sauces at Wing Zone. We call them flavors. And uh, there's about 80 Wing Zones in the entire chain. And uh, we are based here in Atlanta. And I started the company with my fraternity brother in 1993. So 26-plus years ago. Pretty wow. amazing. And then you started it as, was it kind of a goof or like you were like, hey, let's make a wing business? Or did you say, hey, let's make some wings and these are good and other people like them? Uh, you know, <laughs> truthfully, it was it was a complete gamble. We had no experience, no knowledge. We were passionate about starting a business and felt that wings were a great fit for the market we were in, which is in Gainesville, Florida. Right, a college town. town. And um, at the time... Was this early in the wing evolution? It was so early in the wing evolution that you couldn't get a wing in Gainesville, Florida. I like to always relate it back to some dollar amounts of menu pricing and what we paid. So currently it's Super Bowl week 2020. A case of chicken wings from a wholesale perspective is about 90 bucks. And how many wings is that? That's about 250 wings in a case. <laughs> so in 1993, it was an $18 case. <laughs> So it was just, uh, it was the good old days where people, where it was an inexpensive food, people loved it, and that's what people got so attracted to it. Now it's a different beast. How did you uh, come up with, like, how to cook them at that time if you didn't have that experience? A lot of trial and error. I mean, ultimately, you know, it's, we, we didn't have the internet or, you know, YouTube great, videos to watch, right. uh, <laughs> how to, how to make a great, uh, the food network. <laughs> but, you know, I think part of it was, uh, I grew up in Long Island, New York, but had uh, have a lot of family in upstate New York in Buffalo. So as a kid growing up, I used to go up there and uh, just devour wings. So wings were a thing there. It was for only long. in upstate New York. It wasn't in kind of the nineteen eighties, really. So it's in the eighties. It became a thing. Yep, but it was kind of just very regional, very local in that area. That is correct. The only place probably in the world where you could get true authentic buffalo wings was in upstate New York, probably in the 70s and 80s. And then it eventually kind of caught on. And I mean, listen, I've created a, a business and a brand about it. Um, and people are just fanatical about wings. And then at, at the time when they when it first started were wings, they were fried yeah. and then sauce was placed on it afterwards. Yeah, so everyone, everyone the, wants to know kind of what the secret recipe in making great wings is. And I'm going to tell you the simple recipe, okay? Yeah. You take a great, good-sized wing. 
That's you, the beginning, though, because you go to some places and you don't get that. Yeah. So you're in a bad place right there. You are. But bigger is not always better. Just good <laughs> size, meaty wing. Fry that sucker up for about 10 minutes. No breading. So this is kind of the authentic buffalo wing. Right. And then post-cook, you're tossing or shaking in your favorite flavor or sauce. And that could be dry or wet flavoring correct at wings and we have 17 flavors in fact we have a brand new flavor launching next week but of our 17 lineup we have three dry rubs mm-hmm. and they've really become popular and then it's always fried though so in our model it's always fried mm-hmm. now there are some concepts that will do maybe a baked or grilled or smoked but you know in We've just stood stood true to kind of how wings were created. Wings really were created in 1965 was the first order of wings ever created. That was just wings. Like they, people have been cooking chicken Correct. forever. Yeah, they didn't know what to do with wings. They used to throw them away. Really? And it happened in the Anchor Bar in Buffalo, New York. And it's a great story if you get a chance to kind of just read up on it. And, and uh, they had nothing left in the kitchen except these wings. Um, so there was li- very little stuff on the shelf. People were hungry late night. They said, let me put these wings in a fryer, put some, they said, the only thing we got to put on these things is hot sauce. And, uh, the, the wings were so hot that they needed something to cool it down with when they were eating it. So then they said, well, we have blue cheese salad dressing. And that's where the whole thing of hot wings with blue cheese came from. And then that probably helped beer sales. That's of course. Are you kidding me? And then the rest is history. Yeah. So now, um, when you were with your partner in Gainesville, you were in school at the time, or I you was, just graduated? No, I was in my final year of school. And you said, okay, college was great, but let's do our own thing. Let's not try to get a job. Let's make our own job. Well, uh, somewhat. I mean, we ended up borrowing some money from uh, our parents. My uh, parents lent uh, me $15,000. Adam, my business partner, his parents lent them $15,000. It was a tremendous amount of money back then. To do whatever you wanted? Like you had a blank page to say, okay, whatever business you want? No, it was more like we want to start this this chicken wing restaurant. We found this old beat-up, closed-down restaurant that we said we can rent pretty cheap. So Uh, that was the only thing on the list of businesses to start was chicken wings? restaurant Re- so it was going to be a restaurant yeah. and then we started mm-hmm. to evaluate kind of the market demands uh, the cool thing about the wing zone model is it, it even to this day it's it's stayed very simple we're in major college uh and urban type markets we do delivery we're open late night we focus on one core product um and so in gainesville in 1993 there was a crazy demand for delivery and wings and then you were able to satisfy that. So how'd you get delivery down so quickly? That's a challenge for a lot of brands. It, it absolutely is. And, and for 26 plus years, we've been doing our own delivery instead of all these you know, third parties that have right. come out of the woodwork. Um, probably uh, our experience came from Adam, my business partner, worked for Domino's Pizza <laughs> as a delivery driver in college. So he's like, I got this down. I'm like, well, I'm the wing guy. Let's come up with this great uh, business model. It's pretty intense that uh, we have been uh, great friends and business partners for for such a long time. Mm -hmm. And both of you are here in Atlanta? We are both here in Atlanta. We do very different things for the company. So I'm really more into... uh, you know, sales and marketing. You're evangelizing the brand? Yeah. I'm the face mm-hmm. of the company and he's the brains behind it, I think. 
And then, uh, so every day he's kind of the operations and making sure that the, the wings are going where they got to go. And that's probably, I mean, we have a team of people now. I mean, when in our office here and, and our, you know, who we have working for us, we have nine people. Uh, some of them do different things, marketing, accounting, operations, training. So Adam and I really are, are the, the leaders of the company and hoping it goes in the right direction as it has been. Now, at what point were you like, okay, I think we can franchise this? That's a wonderful question. I think uh, we uh, opened five of our own restaurants all in the state of Florida. And um, we opened our sixth store in Atlanta, brought us to Atlanta and Georgia Tech. And, and once we kind of got to that point, we said, we really have something going on here. We had learned each time everything from location, from service, from how to train people, and we just got down to a point where we're like, we got something here. But I think at the end of the day, what really occurred was people were very intrigued by the business model and what we were offering, and they kept coming to us saying, "I, I, I love your concept. How do I, how do I invest? How do in I this? get one of these in wherever I am?" So now, when you were in Gainesville, what was the first location outside of Gainesville? So we had opened uh, our second location in Gainesville. And so you had two in Gainesville. Two in Geographically, Gainesville. how'd you decide how to spread them out? Just kind of you know, gut feel? Whoever had the cheapest rent, I think. <laughs> right. After, so, though, you so know. It's very scientific. <laughs> yeah. And then you were like, at some point you said Orlando, which is like two, three hours away. Two hours. We, we kind of drew the circle. Orlando was two hours. Tallahassee was two hours. So it was a good base to be able to hit certain okay. markets. And, and really, we were going after big schools. So we had Florida State, and we had UCF and Orlando. And it was kind of the model that we kept rolling right. with. And then, so when you were hiring that first person that you couldn't kind of keep your eye on them, what was the, how did you feel about that? Uh, listen, we, I really believe that when you're starting a business, you need to be as hands-on as possible. And, and we live that, even to this day. Um, so we would move to the particular market. So you moved to Orlando for yeah, a period of time. To Orlando and you were the you were running the show. I'd bring my best manager with me, uh, mentor them, really kind of watch over them and be there for anywhere between six months and a year until things were really rocking and then move on to the next one. I was a, a road warrior. So for the first few years you were living for six months or so in Embry Market and you were kinda of hopscotching around yeah. the area? I was a single guy with a van. <laughs> guy in a van <laughs> and wings. The sweet smell of wings trailing behind. Yeah. So then uh, that got you to eventually to come here. At some point, though, you had to trust other people to do this, right? Of course, yeah. I think that um, you know we we were strategic in kind of bringing on the right person. I, I think the smartest thing we did was Adam and I moved to Atlanta. We had a small office, uh, two rooms and a reception area, and we hired a really good office manager that kind of helped us get organized. But we were the ones selling it, training it. But, uh, you know, each step of the way we brought in some talent, um, and that's important as well. I think, I think, you, you know, talent and experience is, is key, especially when you're not an expert in the business. Mm -hmm. So now was there anything that happened that you looking back, you go, you know what, that was kind of, that got us to another level. Can you look back and, you know, I, I, I do. I think that there's been two snapshots in time that were monumental for our business and our growth. Number one was the first franchise we ever opened, which was in Tuscaloosa, Alabama in 2000. So just about 20 years ago, uh, was a huge success. 
And I think, you know, if it wasn't, it could have just all crumbled. Mm-hmm. So we had the right franchisee in the right market um, who was really like just, uh, you know, he followed kind of the system and was just passionate about it. So, you know, people want to validate uh, and see how others are doing before they jump in. So that was a, a huge opportunity for now, us. Now, did you vet a lot of people to land on that person or did that just kind of, was it serendipity? It all just kind of worked out? You know, he was a young guy that just was like us, and he's like, I, I love this, and he was just passionate about um, wings, and but didn't have any restaurant experience. But we really looked at it like market, proximity to where we were, did it work? Um, and worst think, case scenario, you can drive over there and, and fix anything that needed to be fixed. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think it's important to, you know, it, to stay <clears throat> somewhat close to home, mm-hmm. you know, drivable if you had to get there and... uh in a few hours to, to check it out. And then the other big thing for us was, and people thought we were crazy to do it, was in 2010 we opened our first international store and we went down to Panama in Central America. And Panama ultimately um, was a great testing ground for us because it, it's like the United States, um, but it's obviously a, a different language it's a different um culture so to speak and isn't it a different palette um you know they follow a lot of the american stuff i mean it's if you've ever been down there to panama city panama i mean it's similar to miami or some you know caribbean type of of area um and we had great success in fact we're just this uh spring we'll be opening our 20th store in panama Wow. So it's been a phenomenal run down there, and we are just known as kind of the wing spot in Panama. Right. And then is it run by, is it kind of a master franchise, or is that you have 20 individual people running things? Yeah, so we uh, we have one uh, franchisee down there who's what we call an area developer. So they own and operate uh, about half of their units, and then they, they franchise to other people, mm-hmm. uh, the other remaining ones. Now, um, how how does your growth look right now? Is this like, a, are you in a high growth mode at this point? I think we're in a really smart strategic growth mode. I think it's really about quality over quantity. Um, I think for us, you know, we're opening about five to six domestic new restaurants a year, mainly franchised. And then international, it's about 10 to 12. So for our type of business, uh, opening about 10 to 15 new units a year is a perfect number Mm -hmm. that keeps us flowing and revenue growing. Um, But listen, it's a competitive landscape out there. Well, there's a lot more uh, chicken choices in today's world than there were when you started. Absolutely. I mean, I I will tell you the business back in the day was was simpler. I mean, it was just a, a, a... just a different beast, so to speak. Um, you know, consumers are demanding right now. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, but you have got to be on your game. I really believe that if you're just an average business, you will struggle. Mm-hmm. You better be great or pretty darn close to great. Now, um, what is the profile of your ideal franchisee? You know, um, is it you, you 25 year old guy that's hungry, that's. Uh going to make it happen in their college town we love it i mean we, we, we still, follow you still he still can get a franchise 
You know, I think the, the problem is it's just gotten more expensive, but we're still a, a modest investment compared to others. So to open a wing zone franchise is, is about $300,000 to get your doors open. So you need probably 75 to a hundred thousand liquids. So that 25 year old guy may not have that. That's not easy to get. But his parents might uh, they can you, buy him a job. That's true. <laughs> that's true. But you know, it, when, when you're skin, it, when it's your, money on the line you're going to protect it and and make sure that it's it's handled properly but but ultimately um we really look at candidates uh based on geography experience and something that we just are is important to us to like do they fit our culture mm-hmm. and uh, you know we're not a public company we're not we don't really answer to uh some large investment group i mean it's adam and myself we're uh, a very profitable company privately owned, no debt. Um, so ultimately, it's really, is this person the right fit for what we're doing? Right. It's. Do you want to hang out with them at the franchise meetings? You know what? Mm-hmm. It's, it's an interesting statement because I, I think you, it, it, listen, it's a business relationship, but you, you develop a relationship more than that. I mean, you learn about them, their family, their hobbies, what they like to do, and you, you, you should want to enjoy spending some time together. Right. And um, right now at this stage, are you getting people that are buying multi-units? Are you looking for that type of person rather than the person that, hey, I'm from Auburn, so I'm going to put one in Auburn and I'll be the Auburn guy? Yeah, you know, I think that for us, uh, we have really gone after the single unit. I'm going to kind of be the the wing the wing zone guy. Like the hometown and, hero yeah, the hometown of wings. Yeah, right? and, and just kind of that local business person. I think if... If we look at what we've done internationally and some other things, that's where we've gotten bigger groups involved where they buy a country, develop it, and they're more experienced in that side. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But, but no, here in the U.S., you're finding that person that wants to be the guy in this college town. Yeah, and, and we like that. I mean, we, we really like that um, individual relationship, that local business person, um, and someone that we really can kind of work closely with. And you're still aiming at college towns, right? College towns are still a big uh, focus of us, of ours. How many college towns are there? Uh, there's probably, it, we, we've, we've selected that if you looked at major college markets with 10,000 students or more, uh, there's over 400 that are viable for us. Mm-hmm. Now, some of it's geographically driven. Like we're really trying to grow in a certain geographic area, which is the Southeast U.S., about a seven to eight state region. So then you kind of, you know, narrow it down. Narrow down. I think the co- the college campuses are different than what they once were. There's a lot more options on campus for students. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually opened four wing zones on campuses through some of the universities. So we, we kind of have played in that arena a little bit as well. And then for you, is it um, like the occasion? Is it? Mostly late night, weekends, like, you know, Super Bowl, obviously, like big events. Is that kind of the rhythm of the business? Yeah, you know, I think, listen, it's the, the core product is wings, right? It's a messier product. It's it's not really the, the office environment. I mean, we're not, you know, right. we're this beautiful, you guys can't see this, but this... <laughs> 75 story building these guys have the penthouse up right top. exactly it's phenomenal i can't Seeing believe the world it. <laughs> below us it's just amazing um so you know for us i don't know what was the question again the actually? question was um are the, in the college towns oh, the are still um kind of viable 
Yeah, I mean, listen, there's, there's, it's a captive audience. Um, they're they're in wanting of they are in need of convenience. College students are lazy people, so when you can bring it to them, they love it. Is does Wingstone sell a beer? It's all to so go, right? It, it's really all to go takeout delivery. We do dine in, but we're not a sports bar or that type of model. So you got to think of us almost like the the Domino's Pizza or Jimmy John's of wings. Right. So it's meant to be either to go or pick up to go. It's not meant to be consumed there. I mean, you're right. I think, I think less than 10% of our overall revenue is consumed on right. site. So then, but... Do you do they have kind of liquor license? They get beer and wine licenses. I mean, we have a handful of restaurants, that but that's do not it, really the core part it's of the not. business. I mean, it's really like I'll have a beer and you know while my food's getting while my food's being cooked. I mean, we're a cook to order concept, which people I think do appreciate. I mean, sometimes we got to educate people that it's going to be about ten to twelve minutes for your order. Right. Um, it's so not just not, sitting there waiting for you. No, and that's just not what we do. But I mean, that's another point of differentiation, right? We think so. I mean, I think that uh, it's really just an education piece where people are like, well, you know, why does it take 10 to 12 minutes? Well, we're cooking your food to order. Right. That's how long it takes. <laughs> <laughs> do you want it faster or yeah. better? Yeah. You know? No, I'm with you. And then uh, for you, the evolution of the menu, has it been that dramatic? More more on uh, flavors. I think flavors is just such a – we're passionate about it. We love innovation and trying new things. So when we first started, we had two flavors. It was like mild and hot. Then it became five. And then now we have 17. We have four new flavors being launched in 2020. You know, we try things and see what sticks mm-hmm. and what doesn't and, and some of that stuff. So I just – to me, that's been a big focus of ours – uh, you know, we've expanded into the wing category, so to speak. I mean, boneless wings is is become a big thing. Although so, for all the listeners out there, it's that's not, not it's a not wing. a deboned wing. <laughs> right. okay? It's more of a uh, a chicken breast chunk. But we just uh, in so, August of this year we launched a new product called a thigh wing, which thigh has been wing. phenomenally mm-hmm. successful. So it's dark meat, it's dark meat on bone. Right, looks like a wing, tastes like a wing, but it's really a thigh, and it's half the price of a wing. <laughs> wow. So now you're you're going to slowly get the whole chicken in there, right? <laughs> Over time, <laughs> you know. I mean, we do tenders, original wings, and thigh wings. So what's left? You got the neck, the you feet, the, the, the feet, feet, and the neck, gonna, and the beak. Be, <laughs> beak. <laughs> they call them paws. Uh, paws. <laughs> so now, uh, for you, what's been the most rewarding part of this adventure? Oh man. I've never worked for someone in your life. In my life, you're unhirable. I'm uh, I'm unhirable. <laughs> if I don't make this go long term, it. it's game uh, over. I'm gonna be you know living back in that van. Eating I, I, chicken I may wings. be living in that van. So, um, I love the challenge of this business. I love the relationship that we develop with key suppliers, our team in Atlanta, our franchisees, but. Um, you know, some people are just born to be entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I just, I really believe it. And I think, um, it started as a young age with me with just being very competitive in school and relationships and sports. And I treat business as just a competition and I want to be better than the next guy. And you have an opportunity to, to kind of create your own future. 
And then for that person that's thinking about uh, getting into franchising maybe for the first time and is considering a wing zone, what's your pitch to that person? Uh, I'd, I'd say to them, um, we're truly your business partner. We're not going to do it for you, but we'll do it with you. Um, the fact that the two founders are still involved in the business 26 plus years later has something to say about it. Um, and uh, it's going to be a lot of hard work. Like you're going to bust your butt. Right. It's not, I think that's a misconception. They think, oh, I'm going to get a franchise. So then I just show up and then I they put that sign up and then, you know, build it and they will come. And yeah. I mean, it's franchising is a phenomenal business model. I mean, it really is. It, it's a proven track record, but it is not a guarantee. It gives you a better probability of success. Um, and I think that that is why it is for most people. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a true entrepreneur, like you want to create your own things and you want to make your own decisions, then maybe franchising is not for you. Right. And and that's part of the vetting process. It's got to work for both of you. It is. I mean, you know, we're not innovative in this that we put on a discovery day or franchise day where we invite people in to learn about it. But, you know, we look at it like they're coming to look at us. We're looking at them. It may be a great fit. It may not be. I tell mm-hmm. everyone that comes to see us in Atlanta that I just want your time here to be very valuable and for you to leave here saying that was a great experience even if we don't do anything together. Because I think those relationships are important. Listen, we've we've said many times to people, this isn't the right fit for you. Like, And I think some of it is we'll ask people like, are you a people person? Do you like to go, uh, you know, go to mixers and, and set up a trade show booth to promote your business? Are you a late night person? You know, and like, well, you know, I like to read books and, you know, go to bed at eight o'clock and I don't really like people. Well, then you shouldn't be in the hospitality. Business. <laughs> kind of, you can cross that out. And, and that's part of it for the, for the budding entrepreneur, the budding franchisee. They don't know what they don't know. You know, they see a lot of people having success. It looks kind of easy, maybe from the outside, but they don't realize what it requires in order to kind of pull it off and to be successful. Without question. I mean, listen, business ownership is not for everyone. <clears throat> um, and I think the, the one thing that was uh, said to me a long time ago uh, that I just have, have lived by is, as a business owner, you are the last to be paid. And sometimes that could be a, an, an enormous amount of money. And sometimes it could be nothing. But, you know, you, you're in the chain of command, you know, you're going to pay your people, your suppliers, you know, your taxes, your, your, your landlord. Um, and I think sometimes people look at it like, well, I'm the owner, so I, I need to be paid first. You need to put yourself last. Right. And it takes kind of that, that service mindedness in order to be successful in your business. I mean, that's what, uh, you know, you're, you gotta have thick skin. I'm going to tell you, I mean, it, it's, it's amazing with social media and, and most restaurant owners, you know, they're not big fans of Yelp and, and I think Google's a little more realistic with their review sites, but, but in general, like, you know, people have bad days, right? Right. And, you know, it's like if you have a bad day or people didn't show up or, you know, you know what's hitting the fan, it's like, man, not only do I have a bad day, but I'm going to get blasted because I had a bad day. Right. And it's public. Well, <laughs> I, I'll never forget. This is my favorite restaurant review. They gave it one star because it was so crowded they couldn't get in. <laughs> 
I would love that. I actually think I think it's funny to respond to people. Like we, we respond to all of our reviews, um, and we try to make it a little comical. Like you know, uh, we, we have a table for you ready. You know, and you know, come on in at you know ten thirty in the morning or something. But we'll be ready. But uh, it, it's it's a double edged sword because people do look at those things. They do. I mean, I I, I truly do. I mean, I I, I do. Um, and, and I it. You know, I, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over time. Well, I think that people are becoming more educated and they're taking it kind of with a grain of salt. Yeah. You know, you look at the one star, you look at the five star, you go, well, I don't know if I believe that or not. <laughs> yeah, I understand. <laughs> you know, because it, uh, sometimes it's your competitor just sitting there like, okay, guys, this is what we're going to do today. <laughs> Give all of our competitors one star. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, people are gaming the system constantly. There's no doubt. And that's why I think like there's a little bit of a shift uh, on the online review kind of uh, portals, call it. You know, Yelp is kind of its own independent, you know, review site that they want you to advertise with them and and play some of the games. I think that uh, Google's more just like, let's just give the people the facts. Mm -hmm. And then you got your social media sites like your own Facebook. Of course, people that are on your Facebook sites that are fans of yours and follow you uh, they're going to say good things about right. you so it's kind of a skewed deal but, but is that part of the evolution of when you started the company there wasn't social media you know now is that part of the offering you have to kind of help the local person you kind have to i mean you, you it's about engagement now we do a lot uh as a brand even at the local level where we're posting and putting up content uh probably every other day uh, both on wing zone sites and on local franchise pages, but we encourage our franchisees to localize it. So if we're like next week, we're rolling out a new uh, flavor called Nashville hot barbecue. So it's a kind of a spin of a Nashville hot with a little bit of Southern barbecue and it's, it's phenomenal. So we're going to be promoting the heck out of that. We've done kind of a countdown on, you know, different social media sites, but then franchisees need to embrace it. Like come on in today and get, you know, ten uh, thigh wings with our new flavor for you know seven fifty. So or, then you give them kind of the ammunition, but they have to do the kind of the socialization in their local market. I mean, we really encourage it. I'm not going to say everyone does it, but we really support it. Um, if they're they're really enhancing what's being put out there from our side. But everybody in the network wins when you're when everybody's doing it. Yeah, and I think it's 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 important to. I really believe that your engagement uh, on social media is all about local content. Mm -hmm. So you know, we may say that we have a new flavor coming out, and it's cool. But what is that? How does that how is that affected locally? Right. How does that affect the person in Tuscaloosa? Yeah. Like, make it more local. Of we're Mm -hmm. doing this event, or you know, we're having a special at our store today. So I, I think that you know, it's. Social and and engagement is still very important. Now we have a, a somewhat of a younger customer base, so there you got to make sure you're on the right platforms, platforms for them. It. Right. Well, if somebody wants to learn more and, and uh, start a wings in their college town or anywhere else in the country or the world, now at this point, uh, what's the best way to find you guys? So um, obviously, the the internet is. Amazing. I mean, you, you know, obviously go on a wingzonefranchise.com. You can go to wingzone.com to really check out our consumer site. There's a tremendous amount of uh, articles on there. We're going to be posting this uh, great interview 
on there so people can kind of do their research. I think it's important, like study it, understand it, visit a restaurant, um, look at competitors, you know, do your homework. Right. But um, I think that, you know, really it starts there. And then, um, you know, getting on the phone and, and talking to us and meeting with us is important. Um, and we're real people. And, I mean, like you said, it's unusual to have the people who started it still be around 26 years later. I mean, that's a great achievement. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, yeah, we're very proud of it. And I think that we're we're still very passionate about the business. Um, you know, every day we get up, there's a new challenge, new opportunity. Um, you know, got a new restaurant opening next week in Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, later this later in February, we have a new restaurant opening in New Orleans. So all that stuff is just, I love that. I live for that stuff. And then it's, if you're going to put your Super Bowl order in, or order early, right? Because uh, there's you only know, so many wings. There's <laughs> only so many wings. We will accommodate you. But we do kind of these 15-minute kind of blocks where if you call ahead, we'll say, you know, come between 6.15 and 6.30, um, and you'll be in and out in probably 10 to 15 minutes. So it's we kind of have a whole system associated with it. Um, wings are still the number one um, Super Bowl food. Super Bowl food. It's the ultimate um, TV viewing uh, party food. Uh, we start preparing for Super Bowl uh, even uh, really in in the fall, but it really ramps up right after the New Year. Wow! And then you can go to wingzone.com to yep. put your local order in. You can you can order online. You can order on our app. Man. Uh, we're running some great Super Bowl specials, even. Um, I think we have five. You can get that new flavor for the Super Bowl? No, it, la- it launches post Super Bowl. Man, that's so. a tease. Well, I got to wait for. Uh, I understand. We still have 17 <laughs> other choices. So it's I, Valentine's I think, Day. I got to wait till Valentine's Day to get it. <laughs> I, I, think, I think you'll uh, you'll find something you like. Or You seem uh, like a tame guy, anyway. I don't know. Nashville Hot's pretty good. Well, thank you, Matt, for sharing your story today. And one day, maybe you'll let Adam out and he can. He can talk on the radio. No, he's he's locked in his cube. Uh, he's in the basement. Creating Excel wings. spreadsheets. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, right. thank you again for being part of the show. Great job. Thanks. All right. This is Lee Cantor for Stone Payton. We'll see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio.